Welcome to the Yaruki Zero Games Podcast, episode 20. It's been quite a while since I last did a YKZ podcast, and a lot of that is because I've been so incredibly busy with so many other things. I'm going to instantly date this recording by saying that I'm currently in the aftermath of the Golden Sky Stories Kickstarter, and I'm also going to say that that took like four takes to say right for some reason. Uh, so this time around, I'm doing something totally different from what I usually do on the podcast. Not that I do it so often that there's any kind of routine in, at work here, uh, but the point being that uh, for a while now, and this is another reason why I haven't done much YKZ podcast stuff, is uh, I have been doing a daily podcast called Today in Geek History, and I believe I talked about this a bit in my last podcast, or maybe a lot in had a rather lengthy sample. Uh, But if you missed it, uh, what that is, is I've been working on a humor book called I Want to Be an Awesome Robot. Uh, It's a compilation of weird, nerdy nonsense. And one of the big parts of it is a section called The Day in Geek History, which gives a piece of weird little uh, made-up facts about something to do with geek history for every day of the calendar year and a couple days I made up. Uh, so this has been going on for a while now. Uh, it I started posting daily recordings on December 31st, which in the calendar was uh, January 0, the year 000, four zeros. Uh, and so it's been going on, and I've occasionally fallen behind and had to catch up and lost some, some and I lost some recordings that I made, and I got a new microphone and redid a bunch and all that. Uh, but I'm here, and it's uh, now August, and I realized that I had already passed the halfway point by over a month. So I decided to go ahead and put together a recording, or put together an audio file that would have the first six months of uh, Today in Geek History, because that's like over an hour and a half, and if I tried to put all of it into one recording, it would be kind of ridiculous. Not that it isn't already ridiculous. So, uh... That's pretty much all that's going to be on here, so I hope strap in and let's have Today in Geek History. What you are listening to is the first installment of the Today in Geek History podcast. I am currently in the process of writing a book called I Want to Be an Awesome Robot. This is a collection of geekery, memoir, almanacery, and lies. The single largest section of the book is the Today in Geek History calendar, which presents an untrue fact for each day of the calendar year, and then some. In it, you will learn the origins of Portal, hear tales of Gary Gygax's quest for the Rod of Seven Dice, thrill as Time Lincoln fights History Crab, and much, much more. Every day throughout 2013, this podcast will present a recording of that day's entry. Writing this calendar was a terrible act of creative masochism, and recording it is similarly going to be an ordeal. I really do hope you enjoy it. With that said, let's begin. January 0, the year 0000. The detritus of all of mankind's experiments with time travel coalesce into a being composed of man's malice and ambition. History Crab rests in the zero hour, the moment of perfect inflection between BC and AD or BCE and CE, if you just have to get all politically correct about it, History Crab cares not. Uh, Gathering its strength, 
preparing to strike at the man who unknowingly stands at the heart of the time foon. That's all for today. Tune in tomorrow for more of Today in Geek History. January 1st, 2000. A new millennium dawns. Alright, technically it didn't until one year later. But shut up. Jesus doesn't show up. And the Y2K bug turns out to not be all that big of a deal. South Park shows God as some weird little creature. The Daily Show names Charlton Heston Man of the Millennium. Jetpacks and flying cars do not arrive. And lots of science fiction authors look kind of silly. Life goes on. January 2nd, 1920. On this day, science fiction luminary Isaac Asimov was born in Petrovici. In his life, he mastered the writing of science fiction and science fact, as well as the art of robotics and, of course, sideburns. January 3rd, 1892. On this day, English fantasy author J.R.R. Tolkien was born. His novels about Middle-earth were controversial with proponents of the Hollow Earth theory who didn't quite understand what his Earth was supposed to be in the middle of. January 4th, 1958. Sputnik 1 falls to Earth, screaming the entire way. January 5th, 1972. Fearing that his political enemies were plotting from a secret base on the moon, Richard Nixon orders the beginning of the space shuttle program. He was right, though not in the way he thought. January 6th. Today, math nerds celebrate Phi Day. No one knows why. January 7th, 1989. Having concluded that existing war games were not sufficiently grim or dark in tone, and shoulder pads could stand to be far larger, Games Workshop launches its Warhammer 40,000 line, a war game about religious fanatics fighting evil aliens, fighting other aliens, and other other aliens, all represented by very expensive metal miniatures. January 8th, 1942. Happy birthday, Stephen Hawking. This world-famous theoretical physicist has become a pop culture icon for his robotic voice, his accessible explanations of sophisticated concepts in physics, and his career in rap music. January 9th, 2001. Apple launches its iTunes Music Purchase Service, allowing people to purchase music at 99 cents per track. RIAA CEO Hillary Rosen had intended to tell all of the association's members not to allow Apple to sell their music, but the message arrived late because it turned out the Pony Express had stopped operating in 1861. January 10, 1927. Fritz Lang's film Metropolis is released in the Weimar Republic. It is a spectacular dystopian science fiction movie and it includes the pioneering step of introducing the world's first sexy robot. January 11th, 1919. Romania reincorporates Transylvania, much to the disappointment of vampire fans everywhere.
January 12th, 1864. President Abraham Lincoln steps into the secret time conveyor deep beneath the White House on a mission that could decide the fate of the United States. Unfortunately, he forgot his special steam-powered top hat, so his task would not be an easy one. January 13th, 2011. Having learned that some people claim that he lost an epic rap battle of history against Abraham Lincoln, Chuck Norris attempts to use the WorldNet Daily's secret creation science time conveyor prototype to visit the president. When the device doesn't work, he delivers a roundhouse kick and plunges into the time vortex. Today in geek history, because I decided to start saying that, January 14th, 1864, Chuck Norris arrives in the White House only to find Lincoln isn't there. Norris roundhouse kicks several guards before jumping into the presidential time conveyor. Lincoln's beloved pet dog Fido wanders in after him. Today in Geek History, January 15th, 2001. This marks the day Wikipedia, the free online encyclopedia, was officially launched in 2001 and it has since become a day of celebration and gathering by the more devoted Wikipedians. Also, according to the Wikipedia page on Wikipedia Day, on the Wikipedia Day of 2010, Stephen Colbert descended from the sky on a flaming bear, bearing a banner that read Truthiness in one hand and Captain America's shield in the other, and cursed Wikipedia to have at least one error in every article. Today in Geek History, January 16th, 1975, Ed Roberts and his cohorts at Micro-Instrumentation Telemetry Systems released the Altair 8800 Computer Kit. Roberts had not expected the ad placed in Popular Science Magazine to be a big success, but MITS was overwhelmed with orders. While this was partly because of its popularity with electronics hobbyists, the U.S. government also bought several thousand units, which turned out to be a mistake, as the Altair 8800 was essentially a box with a bunch of switches in front. Today in Geek History, January 17th, 2009, a band of plucky kids sneak into the Atlanta Civic Center, intending to foil a thief. While comically pursuing said thief through the Tutankhamun, the Golden King, and the Great Pyramids exhibit, the plucky kid with the glasses accidentally opens a hitherto undiscovered secret compartment in a sarcophagus and discovers a strange manuscript. Egyptologists are baffled by it, especially because it includes a diagram of what appears to be a stovepipe hat. Today in Geek History, January 18th, 2008. Having realized that giant monster movies suffered from excessively likable characters, meaningful plots, and visible, well-designed monsters, J.J. Abrams releases his film Cloverfield in theaters. Godzilla was not available for comment. Today in Geek History, January 19th, 2008. Aaron Chronister and Jason Day invent a dish called Bacon Explosion. This recipe is available online, but it should only be attempted with the proper safety precautions. Today in Geek History, January 20th, 1960. 
American game designer Will Wright is born. Wright is best known for his work on SimCity and several other spin-off games with Sim in the title. He assures us that he is alive and well and there is no Sim Will Wright taking his place. Today in Geek History, January 21st, 2000. Science fiction author Cory Doctorow and several of his friends launched the Boing Boing website. Originally a simple pogo stick blog, it has since expanded to cover such weighty topics as copyright reform, political action, and unicorns. Today in Geek History January 22, 1913 Science fiction pioneer H.G. Wells pens Little Wars, one of the first war games for general audiences. He created the game shortly after returning from a journey to the center of the Earth with Jules Verne, intending it to be a distraction from the memory of the horrors he had witnessed in the Under-Earth. Today in Geek History January 23, 2003 The Discovery Channel debuts Mythbusters a show about two special effects experts putting various science myths and urban legends to the test. The network has refused to air their episode that tests the greatest myth of all, the myth that God exists, and there is hope in this uncaring universe. Today in Geek History January 24, 1984 The first Apple Macintosh goes on sale. Apple's famous commercial declaring that, with computer users freed from the tyranny of command line prompts, the year 1984 would not be like the novel 1984, gained massive attention, and the Macintosh began its meteoric rise. When IBM left the personal computer market in 1997, then Apple CEO Gil Emilio reportedly said, We have always been at war with Microsoft. Today in Geek History, January 25th, 2008. Games Workshop reluctantly publishes Dark Heresy, the first Warhammer 40,000 role-playing game. Upon learning that the core rulebook has sold out, the company burns all of the manuscripts and data files and sacrifices the designers to power the Wargumnomicon, the psychic beacon that sits deep beneath the company's offices in Nottingham, England, that draws ever more people to play Space Marines. Today in Geek History, January 26, 1987, PBS begins broadcasting Square One Television, an educational comedy show about math. It consisted of several different sketches and mini-game shows, but every episode concluded with MathNet, a sort of parody cop show about George Frankly and Kate Munday, two detectives who solve crimes using math. The final episode, in which George is tragically killed when he accidentally divides by zero, was never aired. Today in Geek History January 27th, 1593 The Vatican commences the trial of Giordano Bruno, for his crime of suggesting that the sun was a star and that other stars were similarly home to worlds with intelligent life, he was subject to a trial lasting seven years before being burned at the stake. This was the first recorded instance of a science fiction fan being bullied. Today in Geek History, 
January 28th. Today is Data Privacy Day. Uh, your government wishes to remind you that your data is perfectly private and there is no need to go doing rash things like encryption or masking your online activities. Today in Geek History, January 29th, 1845, Edgar Allan Poe's now-famous poem, The Raven, is first published. When reached for comment, the titular bird was quoted as saying, Squawk! Today in Geek History, January 30th, 1776, Time Lincoln arrives in Virginia as the American Revolutionary War is heating up. He is fortunate enough to meet Thomas Jefferson in person. But while he is trying to explain himself to this founding father, to explain that Jefferson himself was responsible for this dire time mission, Lincoln sees something scuttling on the ceiling and lets out a shout of horror. Whatever it is he saw vanishes, and Jefferson dismisses him as a madman before he can explain. Lincoln punches some butterflies to recharge his wrist-mounted time shifter, and then moves on. Today in Geek History, January 31st, 1776. Chuck Norris, still a step behind Time Lincoln, finds himself in Virginia. His attempt to roundhouse kick the British, all of them, tears a hole in the space-time continuum allowing him to continue his journey through time. Today in Geek History, February 1st. Today is National Wear Red Day, though no one really knows why. Needless to say, it is not popular among Star Trek fans. Today in Geek History, February 2nd. Today is Groundhog Day the day each year when Bill Murray becomes trapped in a time loop until he learns a valuable life lesson. There's also some folk belief about groundhogs. Today in Geek History, February 3rd, 1976. Will Crowther, programmer and caving enthusiast, releases Colossal Cave Adventure, widely recognized as the first text adventure game. The game consisted of about 700 lines of Fortran code and ran on his school's PDP-10 mainframe computer, a sprawling mass of wires, simple integrated circuits, and black magic sigils derived from Charles Babbage's writings. The game is infamous for including the magic word XYZZY. In the game, it simply allows the user to teleport between two locations, but within the dark bowels of the PDP-10, it summons the ghosts of Charles Babbage and Blaise Pascal to quietly judge the student's failure to master calculus. Today in Geek History, February 4th, 2004, Mark Zuckerberg commands one of his clones, codenamed Eisenberg7, to invent Facebook. Today in Geek History, February 5th, 2006, Hideki Nomura coins the term tsundere to describe a female character who is initially cold and hostile, but who eventually warms up and becomes affectionate. Later, when asked what he thought of such characters, he turned beet red and replied, It's not like I like tsundere girls, baka. Today in Geek History, February 6th, 
1959. On this day, Jack Kilby of Texas Instruments filed the patent for the integrated circuit, an electronic part consisting of a semiconductor that held several components. The switch to using a semiconductor material was a stroke of genius on Kilby's part, and prior attempts at using ceramics, bakelite, and in one case human hair, it's a long story, all proved unsatisfactory. Today in Geek History, February 7th, 1836. Following the Difference Engine, an analytical engine, Charles Babbage begins designing a third computer, this one with amusements in mind. This was the Unreal Engine, which would run a war simulation coded in punch cards. This game, never completed during his lifetime, was to be called Call of Honor Napoleonic Warfare. Today in Geek History, February 8th, 2010, stand-up comedian and TV host Chris Hardwick posts the first episode of The Nerdist Podcast, a podcast promoting the virtues of nerdism. The podcast has been a great success and featured many interesting celebrities, but it has also put Hardwick in conflict with the geekists and jockists. This was particularly a problem at San Diego Comic-Con 2011, where he found himself in a three-way lightsaber duel with Harry Knowles and Tom Wilson. Today in Geek History, February 9th, 1928. H.P. Lovecraft publishes The Call of Cthulhu, which would become one of his most famous stories and the title of the role-playing game based on his works. It is an oddly prescient story in which a man goes mad when he receives calls from the cosmic horror Cthulhu through his portable telephonic communicator. Today in Geek History, February 10th, 1967. Congress passes the 25th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which creates clear rules for the presidential succession and what happens in the event of presidential disability. At the time, both parties felt it necessary because President Lyndon B. Johnson was such a rules lawyer, especially when they were trying to play diplomacy. Today in Geek History, February 11th, 1847. Thomas Edison is born in New Jersey. As an adult, he would become an inventor known as the Wizard of Menlo Park, a moniker he detested for its reference to the superstitions of his rival, Nikola Tesla. Today in Geek History, February 12th. Today is Darwin Day, the anniversary of Charles Darwin's birth in 1809. On this day, we remember his many accomplishments, but most especially his formulation of the theory of evolution that underpins modern biological science. Creationists tend to treat this as an opportunity to proselytize, but in 2007, Ray Comfort accidentally evolved on camera. Ordinarily, this would have been a great source of humiliation and made him a pariah in the creationism-slash-intelligent design movement, but his unmatched ability to ignore new information has allowed him to pretend the entire incident never happened. Today in Geek History, February 13th, 2011. IBM's artificial intelligence computer, Watson, competes on TV game show Jeopardy against some of the show's most distinguished contestants. It won, and then went on to compete against members of Congress two weeks later. History does not record what happened, as the C-SPAN feed was mysteriously cut off shortly after the game began.
Today in Geek History, February 14th. Today is Valentine's Day. On this day, it is traditional to give meat to those you love. Etiquette expert Emily Post recommends getting a pack of breakfast sausage to distribute for obligatory valentines, such as at work or school, and a large steak or ham for that special someone. Today in Geek History, February 15th, 2005. YouTube, which would go on to become the definitive video-sharing site, launches from its original headquarters in San Mateo, California. Co-creator Jawed Karim posts up the first-ever YouTube video, Me at the Zoo, an 18-second clip of him standing by elephants at the San Diego Zoo. In 2010, he followed this up with a 39-second high-definition clip shot through the window of an airplane as it takes off from SFO. For YouTube's 10th anniversary in 2015, he is planning to post an 84-second clip of his cat, possibly in 3D. Today in Geek History, February 16, 1957. Happy birthday, LeVar Burton. Among nerds, Burton is best known for his role in Star Trek TNG The Next Generation as Lieutenant Commander Geordi LaForge a blind Starfleet engineer who wears a visor to provide prosthetic vision. In real life, he has no need for prosthetics, though there are persistent rumors that he sometimes wears a cybernetic mustache. But don't take my word for it. Today in Geek History, February 17, 1976, Leonard Nimoy publishes a book called I Am Not Spock, explaining that he is not, in fact, his Star Trek character Spock, but rather a Jewish actor who is fond of photographing large naked women. He later published another book, I Am Spock, to his fans' intense relief. Today in Geek History, February 18, 1954, actor John Travolta is born in Inglewood, New Jersey, in 2000, he starred in Battlefield Earth, a movie that has earned a total of nine Razzies. Inexplicably, he has continued to have a career as an actor in films ever since. Today in Geek History, February 19, 1878, Thomas Edison receives a patent for the phonograph. Having achieved mastery over sound, he smiles to himself knowing that he is one step closer to mastering the four elements of sound, magnetism, light, and electricity. It was this last that would put him in conflict with Tesla. Today in Geek History, February 20th, 1993, J. Michael Straczynski's science fiction epic television series Babylon 5 premieres on syndicated television. Despite being in the cutthroat world of syndicated television, the series would last for five seasons, plus a number of made-for-TV movies. However, this did not come without a cost. Someday they will come for him. Someday. For now, he stares into a mirror, alternately asking himself, What do you want? And who are you? Today in Geek History... February 21st, 1962. Today is Chuck Palahniuk's birthday. The first rule of Chuck Palahniuk's birthday 
is you don't write stupid joke calendar entries about Chuck Palahniuk's birthday. Uh, another rule, uh, if you're not sure how to pronounce his last name, you can look it up online. Today in Geek History, February 22nd. Scholars have designated February 22nd to be World Thinking Day. According to their press release, one celebrates World Thinking Day by, quote, just goddamn stopping to think about things for a second. Could you think for a second? Just try it. God damn it. Today in Geek History, February 23rd, 2001. Zero Wing, a side-scrolling shoot-em-up video game released by Taito in 1989, becomes the basis of the popular all your base or belong to us internet meme because Japanese people making mistakes when trying to write in a difficult foreign language is hilarious. The game's exhortation to move every zig was redundant by the time the internet meme came about as Taito had already completed its zig moving initiative in 1992. Today in Geek History, February 24th, 1955. Steve Jobs, who would later become the co-founder and CEO of Apple, is born in San Francisco, California. According to AppleMessiah.com, he is the result of immaculate conception and was born with a glowing Apple logo on his left arm. They claim that the reason he always wore a turtleneck was to conceal this mark, lest the common man pass judgment on their savior. Today in Geek History February 25th, 1917, and I apologize in advance for the accent I'm about to subject you to. Listen up, my droogies. This was when the scribber Anthony Burgess popped out of his M. He scribbed a whole biblio, but all the ludies just remember Clockwork Orange, and he thought the sodding sinny they made of that missed the point because they obviated the last chappy. Today in Geek History, February 26th, 1909. The Palace Theatre in London exhibits a series of short films in Kinemacolor, the first ever color film technology. What they did not tell the audience was that one of the key ingredients in the Kinemacolor film came from a mysterious meteor. Those who survived contact with the Kinemacolor out of space to a man went mad and or became horribly deformed. Even so, the demand for color movies was high enough that the technology remained in use until the industry switched to Prismacolor in 1913. Today in Geek History, February 27th, 1934. Happy birthday, Ralph Nader. Nader made a name for himself as a consumer safety advocate and was instrumental in seatbelts becoming the standard for cars. Later in life, he adopted a Darth Nader persona and started running for president of the galaxy. Today in Geek History, February 28th, 468 AD, Pope Hilarius of the Roman Catholic Church dies in an unfortunate incident involving a humorous pig bladder. Uh, and as 2013 is not a leap year, we have a special double episode. February 29th. Once every four years, we celebrate Leap Day, a strange unday appendage to the stunted month of February. Children born on this day age at one-fourth the normal rate, but are cursed to live a step apart from normal human history.
Today in Geek History, March 1st, 1990. Fearing that the hacking techniques described in GURP Cyberpunk might become a threat to national security, the Secret Service raids the Steve Jackson Games offices. The Secret Service is doubly humiliated because the techniques described in the book will not actually work without a cyberjack implant, something totally fictional, unless you happen to have a platinum membership in the Secret World Nerd Council, and because they completely missed how the company had already published GURPS were going to kill the president two years previous. Today in Geek History, March 2nd, 2007. Cory Doctorow boards a plane to Geneva. He is carrying his, he is carrying his Linux-based OLPC netbook, but keeps his red cape and steampunk goggles stowed in his luggage. For now. Today in Geek History, March 3rd, 2007, the WIPO is holding a secret meeting to put in place a treaty that will require governments to implement a three-strikes policy for piracy. After the third infraction of online piracy, a pirate will lose his or her internet connection, face a fine of 10,000 euros, and have a tracking device implanted in the left buttock. Today in Geek History, March 4th, 2008. On this day, Dungeons & Dragons creator E. Gary Gygax passed away. Contrary to what some of his fans believed, he was hardy enough to survive the releases of the 3rd and 4th editions of D&D. The announcement of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull may have been too much, though. Fans have since commemorated his death by making March 4th GM's Day, a day on which we celebrate Game Masters by showering them with tasteful beard-themed gifts. Today in Geek History, March 5th, 2007. Cory Doctorow storms into the WIPO's secret underground base in Geneva, only to find it empty. He dons his cape, live-tweets the incident, and asks Banksy to paint a happy mutant on the wall as a warning. He then makes for Zurich. Today in Geek History, March 6th, 2007. Cory Doctorow has to fend off an assassin while on the train to Zurich. The assassination attempt is unsuccessful, because the DRM on the assassin's garrote wire fails as the train goes through a tunnel and Wi-Fi access is cut off. Once in Zurich, he races to the WIPO's other secret underground base, cape flapping behind him. Just as they are about to put the finishing touches on their dastardly new intellectual property treaty, Cory Doctorow storms the front door. The guards rush in to stop him, but it's too late. Shenny Jardin already slipped in from behind. The WIPO's plans are foiled. For now. Today in Geek History. March 7th, 1985. Supergroup USA for Africa releases the hit charity single, We Are the World. A young Jonathan Colton quietly pens, We Are the Galaxy. A young John Hodgman loudly pens, We Are the Universe. And an annoyed Paul F. Tompkins drunkenly improvises, we are the goddamn multiverse. Today in Geek History, March 8th, 2007. Cory Doctorow and Shani Jardin meet up with their fellow Boing Boing bloggers in London after carefully setting up an open source jamming device to thwart the city's massive surveillance system. 
They enjoy Creative Commons license tea and scones before heading to the Electronic Frontier Foundation's secret base, located somewhere secret even to writers of humorous daily calendars. Today in Geek History, March 6th, 1961, the Soviet space program launches Sputnik 9. This spacecraft contains a dummy named Ivan Ivanovich, a dog named Chernushka, and some mice and guinea pigs. Ivan survived the mission and received a commendation from then head of state Leonid Brezhnev. He later went on to participate in a second mission, Sputnik 10, during which he and his canine companion Zvezdochka disappeared behind the dark side of the moon and never returned. Russian children still tell campfire stories about Ivan Ivanovich and how he takes his revenge. In the depths of the Soviet space program's abandoned command center, the unwary may meet their doom when he flops out of a cabinet at them. Today in Geek History, March 10th, 1997, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Joss Whedon's television series about the lives of teenage monster hunters whose romantic relationships relentlessly fail, premieres on Fox, thus pioneering the tradition of creating series that appeal to a demographic older and more male than it would at first seem a full 13 years before My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Today in Geek History, March 11th, 1952, Douglas Adams is born in Cambridge. As an adult author, people would describe him as a brilliant writer of very clever and funny science fiction, but as a boy, people typically said he was mostly harmless. Today in Geek History, March 12th, 1947, U.S. President Harry S. Truman makes a famous speech during which he unveils the Truman Doctrine, which states that a corporation can own a human being as long as that person is secretly televised at all times. Today in Geek History, March 13, 1781, Sir William Herschel discovers the planet Uranus. He never lived it down. Today in Geek History, March 14th. Because the calendar digits 3 and 14 coincide with the first few digits of pi, March 14th has been christened Pi Day. Math nerds celebrate by baking pies, calculating the circumferences of things, and wearing humorous t-shirts with pie puns. Today in Geek History, March 15, 1978, Speed Eater Takeru Kobayashi is born in Nagano, Japan. From an early age, he showed a talent for eating lots and lots of food very quickly, and by the age of 10, local all-you-can-eat restaurants were chasing him away with a broom. Today in Geek History, March 16th. Today is Freedom of Information Day, a commemoration of the day in 1945 when Allied forces liberated the information vaults of France from Nazi rule. Today in Geek History, March 17th. Today is St. Patrick's Day. This is a celebration of the Irish saint who banished all the snakes from Ireland. Uh, unfortunately, he did not have the foresight to know that the bubonic plague was coming and he had just removed the main predators of its carriers. Uh, he used a shamrock to illustrate the Holy Trinity. This was before analogies had been invented and thus viewed as a miracle. And transformed his walking stick into a tree before declaring that he had to return to his home planet. Today in Geek History, March 18th, 1931. 
Schick Incorporated markets the first electric razor. Neckbeards worldwide rejoice. Today in Geek History, March 19, 1991, Capcom releases Street Fighter II, the game that launched the Street Fighter franchise and the one-on-one -on -one fighting game genre. It was later followed by Street Fighter II Championship Edition, Street Fighter II Turbo, Super Street Fighter II, Super Street Fighter II Turbo, Street Fighter Alpha, Street Fighter EX, and Street Fighter Alpha 2 before Capcom finally fired Jimmy Two Fingers Nakamura and let someone else come up with names for subsequent Street Fighter games. Street Fighter 3 came soon after, but Street Fighter 4 would not come until after the end of Willy Three Fingers Wong's tenure. Today in Geek History, March 20th, 1916, Albert Einstein publishes what would become his most famous scientific work, his general theory of relativity. Although firmly established in physics now, it took some time for his work to be recognized. In particular, an aging Theodore Roosevelt, upon reading about the theory, is said to have ridden his pet bear to Einstein's home in Germany and given him a swirly while shouting, How do you like that EMC bull roar? What I'm saying is, Theodore Roosevelt could be a bully at times, though he had to in order to maintain his bully pulpit. Today in Geek History, March 21st, 2008, futurist Ray Kurzweil reveals that he has begun a perfectly regulated diet to maximize his health and lifespan because he firmly believes that the singularity will come in our lifetime and provide technological immortality. The cult of the nerd rapture begins to grow, and someone begins planting memes about bacon and pies and bacon pies in an effort to counteract it. Today in Geek History, March 22nd, 1931. Happy birthday, William Shatner. The Shat was trained as a Shakespearean actor and went on to star in such titles as T.J. Hooker, Rescue 911, Shit My Dad Says, and several Priceline commercials. However, nerds know him best for his role as James Tiberius Kirk in Star Trek, where Jeffrey Hunter portrayed Captain Christopher Pike in a more contemporary American style in the original Star Trek pilot, Shatner brought in the pauses from his Shakespearean training. This was a double-edged sword, as it resulted in the original cut of Star Trek The Motion Picture being nearly seven hours long. Today in Geek History, March 23, 1983, Ronald Reagan announces the Star Wars defense plan, Although the core of the plan was to develop technological countermeasures against nuclear warfare, Reagan's proposal did include modest funding for the development of lightsabers. Today in Geek History, March 24th. Today is Ada Lovelace Day, a day to celebrate the accomplishments of women in science, engineering, and other technical fields. Ada Lovelace is most famous for her work on Charles Babbage's early computers, and some call her the world's first programmer. Some today might be surprised, however, to learn that it was Babbage himself, and not Lovelace, who became addicted to her enjeweled puzzle game. Today in Geek History, March 25th. Today is Tolkien Reading Day. Celebrate by pretending you're enjoying reading The Silmarillion. Today in Geek History, March 26th, 2005. The BBC launches an updated version of its long-running Doctor Who science fiction television program, Although the Doctor still travels through space and time in a blue police box, unlike its prior incarnation, the show's special effects budget now reaches well past the double digits. 
Some fans have, however, complained that the series is still too derivative of its ITV rival, Inspector Spacetime. Today in Geek History, March 27, 1971, Nathan Fillion is born in Alberta, Canada, a product of the Canadian government's recently declassified Project Sutherland. Fillion is a result of genetic engineering experiments intended to reliably produce attractive and charismatic Canadian actors. Today in Geek History, March 28, 1338 BC, Lincoln arrives in ancient Egypt at the court of King Tut. The brutal guards carry him before the pharaoh. The god king admires Lincoln's beard with no mustache look, but is unnerved by the president's strange clothes and pale skin. He orders the guards to put the stranger in a cell. Lincoln's wrist-mounted time shifter needs time to recharge. Today in Geek History, March 29th, 1338 BC. Just before dawn, the pharaoh's guards drag Lincoln out of his cell to the temple. There is a statue there, a statue that does not appear in any historical record. It is a statue of a great crab with a man's face, with Jack Nicholson's face. Lincoln watches as they begin some strange ritual. There is a ripple in the air and a scuttling sound that Lincoln recognizes. But just then, Chuck Norris emerges from a different tear in the fabric of the universe, foot first, and slams into the time gate. The two colliding time distortions mingle and create a time nato that sweeps up Lincoln, Norris, several priests, and even the blasphemous statue. All are scattered across time. Today in Geek History, March 30th, 1967. Prolific anime voice actress Megumi Hayashibara is born in Tokyo. In her long career, she played prominent roles in such series as Ranma One Half, Slayers, Evangelion, and Cowboy Bebop. She is also a registered nurse, which has come in handy on a number of occasions when fans have been medically unable to cope with being in the presence of female Ranma, Lena Inverse, Reyayanami, and Faye Valentine all at once. Today in Geek History, March 31st, 1999. Following a lengthy and rather cryptic marketing campaign, moviegoers finally learn the answer to the question, what is the Matrix? It is a movie in which Keanu Reeves plays a hacker named Neo who joins Cowboy Curtis to defeat Elrond and the rest of the Men in Black in a computer simulation of a world very similar to ours except for lots more things being green. Today in Geek History, April 1st. This is April Fool's Day. Nerds traditionally celebrate by posting contrived lies about video games on the internet. In 2012, Patton Oswalt dubbed April Fool's Day Shithead's Christmas, and I'm kind of hoping it will stick. Today in Geek History, April 2nd, 1968. The film 2001, A Space Odyssey, shows up in theaters. When the year 2001 finally dawned, nerds everywhere were disappointed to find that Stanley Kubrick's prophecies had not come true. There is only one space station, which looks like a conglomeration of aluminum cans, Little Alex prefers Bach, and Jack Torrance became an insurance salesman and blogger. Today in Geek History, April 3rd, 1974. The Monty Python comedy troupe releases their first feature film, 
Monty Python and the Holy Grail, a suitably nonsensical take on the Arthurian mythos. Its American release on VHS doomed a generation of nerds to quote the movie at length with minimal provocation. More recently, a radical sect of Monty Python fans, after intensive study, claims to have turned ni into a killing word. Today in Geek History, April 4th, 1975. Bill Gates and his friend Paul Allen found a nascent Microsoft in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with the aim of developing a basic interpreter for the nascent Altair 8800 microcomputer. Allen persuaded Gates to abandon the name MacroHard, but he could not be dissuaded from his plan to seek world domination via computer software development. Today in Geek History, April 5th, 2005. LucasArts releases LEGO Star Wars the video game for every video game platform imaginable. The developers did this despite Hayden Christensen's repeated attempts to stop them, presumably because he couldn't stand how audiences found LEGO Anakin Skywalker's acting more convincing. Today in Geek History, April 6th, 1937. Happy birthday, Billy D. Williams. An actor, artist, writer, and singer, Williams has starred in numerous films and stage plays and released a jazz album. He portrayed Martin Luther King Jr. in the 1976 Broadway production of I Have a Dream. Oh, and when people pointed out that absolutely everyone in Star Wars was either white or a rubber alien, George Lucas cast Williams as Lando Calrissian for Empire Strikes Back. Today in Geek History, April 7th, 1979, Sunrise releases the original Mobile Suit Gundam, which became a seminal giant robot anime, and the beginning of a long-running franchise. Yasuhiku Yoshikazu did the character designs for the series, and had a long and distinguished career as a character designer and manga artist. Most anime fans contend that of the characters Yoshikazu designed, Charon Zabel was the most important by far, exceeding series protagonist Amuro Rei, as well as the characters in his later manga works, like Joan of Arc and Jesus. Today in Geek History, April 8, 2002. The anime adaptation of Kiyohiku Azuma's Azumanga Daioh manga debuts on Japanese television. At the time, many fans were confused and dismayed at the portrayal of the everyday lives of high school students with neither romance nor giant robots involved. But by the third episode, they were arguing about whether Sakaki or Chiyo was better. Today in Geek History, April 9th, 1982. Microsoft releases MS-DOS 1.0, the very first version of their influential operating system for IBM PC-compatible computers. Microsoft bought the rights to QDOS, Quick and Dirty Operating System, and modified it to create MS-DOS, Microsoft's super-dominant operating system. This would form the bedrock of the x86 computer platform and eventually Windows and Microsoft's bid for world domination, thwarted only by the failure of the Zune. Today in Geek History, April 10th, 1912. The RMS Titanic leaves port in Southampton, England. Harland and Wolfe Heavy Industries built the ship and two others like it, and Chairman William James Peary recorded in his diary that a strange, fair-haired man claiming to be from the future reassured him that the Titanic was indeed unsinkable and nothing could possibly go wrong with its maiden voyage. Today in Geek History, April 11, 1976. On this day, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak released the first Apple One computer. 
it was a major step forward for home computing, providing effective computing power at a reasonable price. It had many improvements over the Apple Zero prototype, including a more powerful CPU, more RAM, a QWERTY keyboard, and a case made of wood instead of a hollowed-out Apple. Today in Geek History April 12th, 2012 Alain Robert, also known as the French Spider-Man, sets a world record climbing the Aspire Tower in Qatar. Despite what some in the press have claimed, his web shooters do not involve any kind of cheese or crepes. Today in Geek History April 13th, 2009 MS Paint Adventures creator Andrew Hussey begins his magnum opus webcomic, Homestuck. As it progresses, the time loop he used becomes increasingly unstable, causing strange fluctuations in the fandom. So far, the project is holding together, though Hussey has acquired a tendency to meet himself at conventions. Today in Geek History, April 14, 1912. The RMS Titanic sinks in the Atlantic Ocean. James Cameron vehemently denies any involvement in the disaster, citing the fact that he was born in 1954, but reporters have found evidence that he purchased a time conveyor from General Electric in 1993. Today in Geek History, April 15, 2011. YouTube user Sarah June uploads Nyan Cat, a combination of an animated GIF and a Vocaloid song, intended as a protest of the treatment of the endangered Pop-Tart cat, a rare feline species that has long been cruelly exploited by the Kellogg Company to make toaster pastries. The video went viral, but as so often happens, Sarah June's original message was lost, and Kellogg has continued its senseless slaughter of these gentle creatures. Today in Geek History April 16, 1988 Studio Ghibli releases its second feature film, my Neighbor Totoro. Like many of Hayao Miyazaki's works, it has a deep ecological theme, as it concerns two bears, a large cat, and some other creatures that have been tragically disfigured by radiation. Today in Geek History, April 17, 1897, residents of Aurora, Texas claim that a UFO crashed in their town, damaging a windmill and killing the pilot of the alien craft. They also claim that they gave the pilot a proper Christian burial, presumably because they were unaware that most aliens are Unitarians. Today in Geek History, April 18th, 1938, iconic DC superhero Superman makes his first ever appearance in Action Comics No. 1. Fans looking back over classic Superman comics have accused him of being a dick, but he actually had crippling Asperger's syndrome and a curious delusion where he believed objects around him to be movie props made of cardboard. Today in Geek History, April 19th, 1999, anime fan Hideki Nakamura marries a Rei Ayanami body pillow, though for legal reasons their marriage is only valid within the Tokyo metropolitan area. Nicolas Cage briefly considers moving to Tokyo and living on money from pachinko commercials. Today in Geek History, April 20th, 1937. Happy birthday, George Takei. Born in Los Angeles to Japanese-American realtors, Takei went on to become world-famous in his role as Sulu in Star Trek The Original Series. Although his book, But I Am Sulu, Oh My, had only middling success, in recent years he has become something of an internet celebrity 
and an outspoken critic of both homophobia and William Shatner. Today in Geek History, April 21st, 1823, Ever the Jokester, Japanese woodblock print artist Hokusai, produces an early manga based on Romance of the Three Kingdoms, in which Liu Bei, Guan Yu, and Zhuang Fei have an elaborate gay love triangle. It is history's first yaoi doujinshi, and the declining Tokugawa shogunate of the time was powerless to stop it. Today in Geek History, April 22, 2011. Following a lengthy delay due to the 2011 tsunami, MBS broadcast the finale of Akiyuki Shimbo's Dark Magical Girl anime series, Wella Magi Madoka Magica. The ending was controversial for how it had most of the characters die off, leaving Madoka Kaname alone to face the viewer and deliver a soliloquy consisting mostly of quotes from Friedrich Nietzsche. Today in Geek History, April 23, 1987. Today is International Pixel-Stained Techno-Peasant Day, when we remember those who toiled in the dangerous pixel foundries of the early software factories. April 23rd was chosen because it was the date of an incident when several programmers and testers were locked in the Activision factory over the weekend and died because of a dangerous pixel leak. Today in Geek History, April 24th, 2005, Benedict XIV becomes Pope of the Roman Catholic Church. The Cardinals selected him over several rivals for his unswerving faith, his staunch dedication to the Church, and his ability to shoot lightning from his fingertips. Today in Geek History, April 25th. Today is DNA Day, which commemorates the day in 1953 when Watson, Crick, Willikins, and Franklin published their papers on the nature of deoxyribonucleic acid, or DNA. A noted creationist declared that we couldn't possibly be made of acid and then tried to dip a monkey into a vat of acid, only to be pelted with citrus fruits by smart people. Today in Geek History, April 26th, 1971, Don Rawich puts together the original version of the Oregon Trail for a history class he is teaching at Carleton College in Minnesota. This game, future versions of which would become ubiquitous in schools, let players experience the thrill of trying to survive the long journey west. Programming it was a very difficult endeavor, and Rawitz nearly died of dysentery several times. Today in Geek History, April 27, 1966, Isamu Uzeki, a food designer at Japanese confectioner Ezaki Glico, invents Paki, a new snack consisting of a biscuit stick with a chocolate coating. Shortly thereafter, he was hospitalized due to extreme glomping. Today in Geek History, April 28, 1990. Palladium Books publishes Kevin Simbita's magnum opus role-playing game, Rifts. An amalgam of elements of every prior Palladium game, it is a post-apocalyptic setting featuring cyborgs, giant robots, magic, demons, dragons, mutant animals, zombies, cyberpunk, steampunk, pop-punk, and post-punk. The game would later be licensed by video game developer Backbone Entertainment to produce a game for the Nokia N-Gage. When the Rift's Ultimate Edition rulebook came out shortly thereafter, it included the elemental fusionist class from the game and the communications side-talking skill, 50% plus 5% per level. Uh, if you don't get this joke, you apparently forgot to take the lore obscure internet meme skill, which is 60% plus 4% per level. Today in Geek History, April 29th, 1972. 
David Wesley gives Gary Gygax some of his old wargaming books. In an old Prussian book on Kriegspiel, Gygax notices some kind of strange design. No one seems to know what it is, but it consumes his dreams, and he knows he must seek it out. Today in Geek History, April 30th, 1966. Anton LaVey and other members of the Order of the Trapezoid found the Church of Satan, a religion that is hedonistic and atheistic. This was the end of their long conflict with the Order of the Parallelogram and the Rhombus Society. A number of years later, conservative Christians accused the church of being involved in Dungeons and Dragons, to which a trapezoid spokesman replied, Sorry, we're too busy doing real rituals and getting laid to have to pretend. Today in Geek History May 1st Today is Walpurgisnacht, which is German for Walpurgis Night, a spring festival from Europe that dates back to the 15th century. In the traditional celebration, a girl dresses in pink and becomes the Madoka and has a mock battle with the laughing Walpurgis in order to prevent it from destroying the world. Today in Geek History, May 2nd, 1994, White Wolf releases Street Fighter the Storytelling Game, a role-playing game adaptation of Capcom's Street Fighter video game franchise. In their curious rewrite of the Street Fighter setting, the World Warriors are people possessed by the spirits of legendary warriors, forced to fight again and again as they relive past battles and inexorably slide into madness. Today in Geek History, May 3rd, 1978. The world's first spam email is sent to every single ARPANET user in the western United States. Ironically, the message was actually promoting Vienna Sausage. Today in Geek History, May 4th, 1951. Happy birthday, Steve Jackson. Today is the birthday of not the American game designer and founder of Steve Jackson Games, but the British game designer who founded Games Workshop and launched the Fighting Fantasy books. The American Steve Jackson does not have a birthday, but was slash will be inserted into our timeline during a particularly successful game of Munchkin Reality Shaping Rodeo. Today in Geek History, May 5th, 1972. Gary Gygax boards a plane bound for Germany. He has not told Dave or anyone else where he's going. He drinks a complimentary 64-ounce stein of beer and holds his copy of Die Kriegspiel close. Today in Geek History, February 6th, 1959. On this day, Jack Kilby of Texas Instruments filed the patent for the Integrated Circuit, an electronic part consisting of a semiconductor that held several components. The switch to using a semiconductor material was a stroke of genius on Kilby's part, and prior attempts at using ceramics, bakelite, and in one case human hair, it's a long story, all proved unsatisfactory. Today in Geek History, May 7th, 1972. The address on the card leads Gygax to an unassuming gray building, no amount of knocking seems to get him anywhere, but after several hours of probing, he finds that sliding one statue while placing a weight on a particular stone makes a secret passage open without a burst of poisonous gas. He wanders through dark corridors, past medieval suits of armor, and a particularly impressive collection of pole arms, until he arrives in a circular room. There, clearly in a position of honor, is a length of reddish metal a rod with six sides, about seven inches long. 
after several hours of carefully examining the room for every conceivable trap, he finally just grabs the rod. His mind reels as he realizes that this artifact has given him perfect knowledge of six-sided dice. The bell curve chart that would appear in future D&D books enters his brain fully formed. When the guards arrive, spindly men with thick black glasses held together with tape, Gygax realizes that in this room there is a 1 in 1,296 chance of opening a portal. He spins the rod four times, reciting the names of the King of Aquilonia, the Warlord of Mars, Le Petit Corporal, and Dugout Doug. He vanishes. When they learn of this development, the leaders of the World Nerd Council are not pleased. Today in Geek History, May 8, 2009. Today saw the release of the first new Star Trek film in nearly a decade. J.J. Abrams' vision of Gene Roddenberry's classic featured a sexy new cast in a sexy new Enterprise in an alternate timeline where the Federation is besieged by an invasion of shaky cameras and lens flares. Today in Geek History May 9th, 1972 Gary Gygax finds himself at the entrance to an old castle. After nearly an hour of trying different things, he realizes that the door inexplicably slides open. The interior of the castle is a maze of twisty little passages, but Gygax feels up to the challenge and sets off, carefully checking for traps as he goes. Uh, the habit of checking for traps was deeply ingrained as Gygax was born in Chicago. If you find yourself visiting Chicago, I recommend bringing a 10-foot pole and a set of pythons. Today in Geek History May 10th, 1972. On the third floor of the castle, Gygax encounters a sphinx. She is furious when he handily answers her riddle, but his terrible puns cow her long enough for him to pass. For his trouble, he obtains another rod, this one green and with eight sides. It attaches itself to the six-sided rod he already has, and hums with power. It wants him to find the other parts, of which he now knows there are five. Today in Geek History, May 11th, 1997. Chessmaster Kasparov faces off against IBM's Deep Blue chess computer. Deep Blue is the victor, but the victory is sullied by accusations of cheating, as Kasparov is convinced that the computer was trying to get him drunk before the game. IBM quietly dismantles Deep Blue, but begins construction of Deep Indigo in the hopes that it could get them laid. Today in Geek History, May 12th, 1972. On the fifth floor of the castle, Gygax encounters a pit fiend. The creature makes the mistake of challenging him to a game of dice, not realizing that he already has two rod segments. Gygax wins and claims the blue 12-sided rod segment. Today in Geek History, May 13th, 1964. Today marks the birth of popular television host Stephen Colbert, host of The Colbert Report and a man who never met a T he couldn't silence. Uh, before you ask, he has not yet met Mr. T. One day there will be a reckoning. Today in Geek History, May 14th, 1972. On the seventh floor of the castle, Gygax encounters a gelatinous cube. He sees nothing wrong with this at all, apart from how it seems to periodically cry, CUBE. 
He survives by cleverly luring the cube into conflict with the purple worm, and obtains the yellow four-sided rod segment. Today in Geek History May 15, 1718 James Puckle, a lawyer from London, obtains the first ever patent on a machine gun. He was quoted in the London Times as saying, Now I have a machine gun patent. Ho, ho, ho. Today in Geek History is brought to you by Comics Bulletin. Please visit us at comicsbulletin.com for great pop culture reviews and interviews. May 16, 1939. Famed DC superhero Batman makes his first appearance in Detective Comics number 27. That character has changed enormously in the intervening decades. In particular, he originally had no compunctions about killing, wore a bright blue costume, and subsisted on a diet of insects and cow's blood. Today in Geek History, May 17, 1965. Happy birthday, Trent Reznor. The son of the head of a humble heating and air conditioning manufacturing company, his passion for music led him to leave the family business behind and pursue a career as a musician. However, it wasn't until a touching reunion with his father that he realized that he had found the sound his music needed. The whirring of machinery inspired him, and the mounting nails that were a little under 10 inches long helped him come up with a name. Today in Geek History May 18, 1972 on the 10th floor of the castle, Gygax encounters an Etin. He tricks the creature's two heads into arguing with one another and makes off with not one but two rod segments. These each have ten sides and are colored orange and purple. With six of the rod segments together, the resulting staff exudes an aura of tremendous power, but he can tell it is not complete. Not just yet. Today in Geek History is brought to you by Comics Bulletin. Please visit us at comicsbulletin.com for great pop culture reviews and interviews. May 19, 1999. Some 20 years after the release of Return of the Jedi, George Lucas releases the first entry in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Fans who had waited in line days or weeks for the initial premieres were treated to a phantasmagorical spectacle of lightsabers and epic battles, but tormented by visions of a child Darth Vader and the creature known as Jar Jar Binks. All attempts to travel through time to 1995 to assassinate George Lucas before he can make The Phantom Menace have thus far failed, though his security staff are beginning to question the wisdom of defending someone who has managed to infuriate so many time travelers. Today in Geek History, May 20th, 1972. After much strife, Gygax finds himself at the 13th level of the castle, which seems to be a study of some kind. There he encounters an old man, a wizard, complete with a pointy hat. The wizard greets him warmly and praises his beard. What's your name? asks Gygax. What's your name? asks the wizard. Gary Gygax? Then you can call me Zagig. What you want? Gygax holds up the incomplete rod. I think I'm here because of this. Ah, the rod of seven dice. You have a staff problem then? What? Or maybe you want a hot rod? Realizing that he is in the presence of a fellow punster, Gygax replies, I do what I want. The punning contest that follows is too horrible to print here. At the end of it, Zagig, his voice a little hoarse, gives Gygax the final rod segment, the white 20-sided one. 
It adheres to the staff, to the rod of seven dice, complete at last. Now Gary and Dave can finally finish their game. The power of the rod is enough to transport Gygax back to Lake Geneva. There is much work to do. They are going to invent a new hobby. Today in Geek History, May 21st, 1966. Paramount contracts Nichelle Nichols to play communications officer Uhura in Star Trek TOS, the original series. This was one of the first instances of a black woman playing a character that wasn't a maid or housekeeper on American television, and it angered some very, very stupid people. Today in Geek History, May 22, 1987, Benjamin Trenton of Humansville, Missouri, lets his friend Rob's older sister Lucy join them for a game of D&D. When Lucy's half-elf ranger gets a critical hit and slays the dragon, Benjamin leaves the room in disgust for a while. When he comes back, Lucy's character Alva is attacked by a band of orcs. Alva nearly fends them off until a random tunnel collapse kills her. Lucy was pretty sure the fight had been out in the open, but Benjamin and Rob insisted it had been in a cave all along. Benjamin was later quoted as saying, Girls just don't want to play D&D, and why should I force them? Today in Geek History, May 23rd, 1921. This is the birth date of science fiction author James Blish. He wrote novelizations of many episodes of Star Trek TOS, the original series, as well as Spock Must Die, one of the very first original Star Trek novels. Upholding the series' tradition of exploring real-life issues through science fiction metaphors, Spock Must Die is a curious tale of cloning, euthanasia, and vitamin supplements. Today in Geek History, May 24th, 1873. The new science of paleontology has led to a rush to unearth dinosaur fossils, and ultimately the terrible Bone Wars, during which Othniel Charles Marsh and Edward Drinker Cope competed to collect dinosaur bones. On May 24th, the conflict reached a new low when Marsh and Cope each riding a clockwork dinosaur skeleton clashed over a dig site and in the process nearly leveled Denver. Today in Geek History is brought to you by Comics Bulletin. Please visit us at comicsbulletin.com for great pop culture reviews and interviews. May 25, 1977. The original Star Wars movie debuts in theaters. Before release, George Lucas removes the scene in which it is revealed that Luke's friend Biggs has a girlfriend because having two women in the movie seemed excessive by science fiction standards of the time. This film was met with so much acclaim among nerds that a few months later, the World Nerd Council added it to the awesome list, a list of things that every true nerd is required to love. Today in Geek History, May 26, 1897, Bram Stoker's novel Dracula is published. This is the seminal work of vampire fiction, but vampire lore has changed over the course of many movies, such that the typical vampires of today are very different from Stoker's original vision. In particular, Dracula was weaker but otherwise unharmed in sunlight, he kept a lovely flower garden, and every year he secretly took part in the local Walpurgis Night celebration, see May 1st, as the Homura. Today in Geek History uh, Before we begin, I would like to apologize for the delay. Interference from another timeline, one in which apparently this calendar is a work of fiction and the Rod of Seven Dice does not even exist, has kept me very busy for the past few weeks. Without further ado, May 27th, 1986, 
Enix publishes the original Dragon Quest Famicom game in Japan. The game would later make its way to America as Dragon Warrior, owing to a moral panic over teenage questing of the 80s. Today in Geek History May 28, 1982 Trip Hawkins officially founds Electronic Arts as a computer game publisher. Originally an electronic art supply chain, EA has since become one of the preeminent players in the multi-billion dollar video game industry, though not without accusations of being the evil empire of the industry. And to be fair, apart from Ubisoft, EA is the only video game company to employ actual stormtroopers. Today in Geek History May 29, 1953 Danny Elfman is born in Los Angeles. A key member of the band Oingo Boingo, originally founded as the Mystic Knights of Oingo Boingo Flipple Dipple D, Elfman would later launch a prolific career as a composer of film scores, starting with Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Although he greatly enjoys his work, it is rumored that he has challenged John Williams to lightsaber duels on numerous occasions. Today in Geek History May 30th, 1664 Based on calculations provided by the BBC's Churchill One mainframe, Doctor Who executive producer Stephen Moffat arrives in 17th century Croatia, where he plants the seeds that will become the bow tie. In doing so, he has created a precedent for Matt Smith to wear an ideal accessory for the 11th Doctor, and doomed every other person who ever donned a bow tie to look like a dork. How I Met Your Mother creators Craig Thomas and Carter Bays later persuaded Moffat to use the same techniques to introduce the necktie into history for the benefit of Neil Patrick Harris. Today in Geek History May 31st, 1162 Genghis Khan is born in Delun Bulldog, a place so metal as to have two oobnots just in the first word. Today in Geek History June 1st, 2009 Conan O'Brien debuts on The Tonight Show. Although popular with younger viewers, Conan's Tonight Show run lasts only seven months. Steve Allen's scepter of hilarity went missing from Conan's dressing room, and without it, Conan was forced to step down. The scepter only turned up after Jay Leno had resumed being the host. You may draw your own conclusions from this. Today in Geek History, June 2nd, 1896. Guglielmo Marconi applies for a patent on his new invention, the radio. Unlike his prior inventions, an automatic cat petting machine, a manual cravat washer, and the flat screen phonograph, the radio was a big hit. Today in Geek History June 3, 1731 Joseph Ducrow releases his first album, In the Manner of a Hound, featuring the hit single, proceeding along the boulevard imbibing marijuana and partaking of a potent tonic. Today in Geek History, June 4th, 1968. The first Catgirl Pride March nearly meets an early end when someone unleashes several hundred mice into the street. However, rather than ruining the parade, the mouse hunt has since become a signature feature of subsequent Catgirl marches. Today in Geek History, June 5th, 1718. Thomas Chippendale is born. He would become a famous and influential cabinet maker of London, but he never gave up on his dream of training chipmunks to fight rodent crime. Today in Geek History, June 6, 2008. Wizards of the Coast publishes the fourth edition of Dungeons & Dragons, the seminal tabletop role-playing game. 
The new game brings many changes, including the introduction of the Warlord class, a unified system of powers, and a special wrist strap that shocks the wearer when it detects verisimilitude. Many claim that the recently deceased Gary Gygax would have hated the game, not realizing that he himself advocated the inclusion of shock collars in the game until Dave Arneson talked him out of it. Today in Geek History, June 7th, 1952. Happy birthday, Liam Neeson. This Irish actor has had a long and distinguished career, though nerds mainly know him for his role in Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace, as Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn. More recently, he has starred in the critically acclaimed I Am Going to Find You and Kill You for What You Did trilogy, Taken, The Grey, and Taken 2. Today in Geek History, June 8th, 1990. Capcom releases the Chippendale Rescue Rangers video game for the NES. In the game, the titular rodents traverse a massive urban landscape, knocking enemies out of reality by hurling blocks at them before facing Fat Cat's deadly, nightmarish factory complex and destroying said cat with a red rubber ball. The game also features a cooperative mode in which one player is Chip and the other is Dale, and each has the ability to pick up the other and hurl them to certain death. There are no statistics for just how many friendships this game has destroyed, but I can only assume it was quite a few. Today in Geek History June 9th, 1978 TSR publishes the Player's Handbook for Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Gary Gygax intended this new volume to create a single standardized set of rules for D&D to rein in the chaos of the massive house rules and zines that had polluted his vision. This new standard included a table of prostitutes, to determine just what sort of women of the night a group of adventurers might encounter. However, a result of haughty strumpet could result in a total party kill, as due to a typographical error, haughty strumpets had 16 hit dice and could exhale a cloud of toxic gas. Today in Geek History, June 10th, 1972. Fenton Barnaby of Sunnyvale, California, is the first boy to ever realize that entering 5318008 into a calculator and turning it upside down spells boobies. For this, generations of adolescent boys owe him their gratitude. Today in Geek History June 11, 1955 Olympic hammer thrower Yuri Sedyuk is born. He and his brother Pavel would later become the inspiration for the Hammer Brothers enemies in Super Mario Brothers. Today in Geek History, June 12, 2009. In Iran, the results of the presidential election are heavily disputed, leading to widespread protests in which Twitter played an instrumental role. One social media maven was quoted as saying, I never thought people would be using this for something that actually matters. Hashtag OMG. Today in Geek History, June 13, 2008. An apparel company called The Mountain makes available a t-shirt that shows a full moon and three howling wolves. It remained in obscurity for several months, until Brian Govern bought one and wrote a review noting its power to attract women. Thereafter, the shirt became a meme, and it enjoyed explosive, ironic success. It later turned out that the shirt was just a shirt, albeit one with three wolves on it, and Govern's improved luck with the ladies was due to the confidence boost it had given him. Scientists are currently hard at work trying to create a four-wolf moon shirt, but they're having difficulty finding a fabric that can withstand that level of awesome. Today in Geek History, June 14th, 2011. Game development studio Gearbox purchases, finishes, and on this day publishes Duke Nukem Forever. 
the game is unpolished and flawed, and many believe that Gearbox has simply released it as a cash grab. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford actually just really, really wanted there to be a game that featured player-controlled urination. Today in Geek History June 15th, 2010 Following the meme status of a photo of Keanu Reeves looking despondent, people around the internet organize a Cheer Up Keanu Reeves Day. When asked to comment, Reeves said that he was actually quite happy with his life, but sometimes gave the impression of being sad because he is so poor at emoting. Today in Geek History June 16th, 1977 The Oracle Corporation is founded in Redwood Shores, California. In 1982, the company had to shift its focus away from divination to the more profitable database software field. Oracle's divination division is now down to just one man who technically holds the title the Oracle of Silicon Valley, but mostly just sits in his office playing solitaire. He always wins. Always. Today in Geek History, June 17th, 1997. On a vacation to the U.S. after the successful release of mega-hit RPG Final Fantasy VII, character designer Tetsuya Nomura was bitten by a large diamond-head rattlesnake while gathering wood for a campfire cutscene. While medical attention was quickly summoned, the multiple tourniquets tied around his arms and legs would, in combination with the zigzagging patterns of the serpent's scales, go on to inspire a marked uptick in the number of belts and zippers in later designs. Of the incident, Nomura said, I saw a light, and then... Today in Geek History June 18th, 2008 An astral courier delivers a letter to the quasi-elemental plane of vacuum from Wizards of the Coast. They're closing the plane down, as Watsi is implementing a new cosmology, plus it's completely useless. No one there complains. Today in Geek History June 19th, 1999 Gooseman and Jess Cliff... Cliff, released their initial version of Counter-Strike, a tactical first-person shooter in which players can take on the role of a terrorist, counter-terrorist, spectator, or hot dog vendor. Today in Geek History, June 20th, 1992, Raven C.S. McCracken unleashes World of Cinnabar, his epic role-playing game of an epic science fantasy world. The game has not been arousing financial success, and McCracken has since dedicated himself to making the game more metal. Today in Geek History, June 21st, 1993, the Star Trek TNG The Next Generation episode Descent airs. In its teaser scene, Data plays poker with holodeck simulations of Stephen Hawking, Isaac Newton, and Albert Einstein. In the scene, Hawking trounces Einstein, played by actor Jim Norton, at poker which he reportedly insisted on as a rehearsal, though he would not say for what. Today in Geek History is brought to you by Comics Bulletin. Please visit us at comicsbulletin.com for great pop culture reviews and interviews. June 22, 1984. Jack Chick, an evangelical Christian propagandist known for producing countless tiny comics that take place in a fictional world where information about the Bible is hard to find and Christians are persecuted, releases Dark Dungeons, one of his most famous religious tracts. It tells the story of a Dungeons & Dragons gaming group that is actually a front for the occult, which leads a girl to commit suicide. It contains several factual errors, such as calling the game Dark Dungeons, involving outdated Satanism instead of Cthulhu worship, 
and, and featuring a statistically improbable gaming group populated by several attractive women. Chick later defended the accuracy of the track by claiming he himself had practiced black magic in real life before finding Jesus. I really can't think of anything I could make up that would make it more ridiculous than Jack Chick as he is in real life. Today in Geek History, June 23, 1912. Mathematician, computer scientist, and cryptanalyst Alan Turing is born in India during the British rule. His cryptanalysis work during World War II was a major asset to the Allied forces, but his insistence on testing people to see if they were artificial intelligences got on people's nerves after a while. Today in Geek History, June 24, 1987. Spaceballs is released in theaters. I can't really think of a joke about it, so you should just watch it. You won't be sorry. Galaxy Quest is great too, by the way. Today in Geek History, June 25th, 2007. This was when the first Exhibit Supdog, or Yodog, meme showed up on the internet. So, Supdog, we heard you like joke calendars, so we put a joke calendar in your joke calendar so you can laugh while you laugh. Uh, meanwhile, I will cry because, for some reason, I gave myself 12 more calendar entries to write and record. Uh, this one's about women doing awesome things in science and other nerdy stuff. January 1st, 1818. Authoress Mary Shelley publishes Frankenstein, or The Modern Prometheus, her novel of a mad scientist who creates an artificial man from dead body parts. While in the movie adaptation, Frankenstein's monster became a square-headed, shambling, barely coherent creature, in Shelley's original novel, the monster, whose name was Victor Jr., was quite articulate, had an excellent singing voice, and was quite fond of fire. It was the second of these that was his downfall. February 1st, 2005. Kim Swift and her cohorts at the DigiPen Institute of Technology released their first working build of Narbacular Drop, a game that would become a key inspiration for Portal. Narbacular is an obscure word meaning an infinite regress of connected portals, and a reference to Hamlet. Of course, you remember the famous quote, Angels and ministers of grace defend us and hold us back from this drop narbacular, by which I mean falling between two interconnected portals forever, building up more and more momentum. Very memorable line. March 10th, 1974. Happy birthday, Lauren Faust. She worked on Powerpuff Girls, was the head writer for Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, and more recently was instrumental in developing My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. The massive success of MLP is what led the Fandom Services Agency, a division of the World Nerd Council created during the rise of the Trekkies in the 60s, to provide her with a protection detail. April 3rd, 1934. Happy birthday, Jane Goodall. Goodall is one of the world's foremost experts on chimpanzees. She is not an expert on gorillas. You're thinking of Diane Fossey, who was played by Sigourney Weaver in Gorillas in the Mist. And that's not a mistake many people make twice. May 26th, 1951. Happy birthday, Sally Ride. A physicist by trade, in 1978, Ride answered a classified ad, little realizing that, following a training montage, it would lead her to become the first American woman to go into space. June 4th, 1946. Happy birthday, Suzanne Ciani. This electronic music pioneer composed music for numerous motion picture scores and television commercials. She also created sound effects and voice recordings for the pinball game Xenon, giving it a uniquely haunting sound. 
Not all Xenon machines are haunted, but it is such a common occurrence that Valley includes contact information for an exorcism service in the instruction manual. July 19th, 1968. Ballantine Books publishes Dragonflight, the first installment of Anne McCaffrey's popular Dragon Riders of Pern series. Today it is considered one of the earliest and most powerful volleys in the conflict between dragons and ponies. August 1st, 1905. Helen Sawyer Hogg is born in Lowell, Massachusetts. She was a prolific astronomer and wrote over 200 papers, primarily on globular clusters. It took time for other scientists to recognize her accomplishments. Because she was a woman, many men in the scientific establishment assumed the globular clusters must have been some kind of pastry. But she did eventually achieve recognition for her work, earning several important awards and titles, albeit in Canada. September 3rd, 1970. Happy birthday, Maria Bamford. This comedian and actress has pushed the boundaries of stand-up comedy, revolutionizing the form itself, and in doing so earned herself an audience of some weird people here and there. But seriously, Maria Bamford is amazing and you should check out her comedy. Same goes for Jackie Cation. October 8th, 1948. Happy birthday, Sigourney Weaver. This American actress starred in the Alien movies and numerous other science fiction films, such that she's earned the title of the Sci-Fi Queen, though she seldom appears in public with the ceremonial tiara and ray gun. November 17, 1933. C.L. Moore's short story Chamblot appears in Weird Tales magazine. It is her first published work, and the first of her Northwest Smith stories. Her prior Southeast Haberdasher stories were only published posthumously. She went on to write numerous short stories and novels, paving the way for many other women to become science fiction writers. Not a lot of people know about her today, because lots of people are dumb. December 18th, 1815. Ada Lovelace is born in London. Although she was the daughter of poet Lord Byron, she did not share his poetical inclinations, and instead preferred the study of mathematics. When she became acquainted with Charles Babbage, she had an incalculable, or rather incalculable to most people, Ada Lovelace was that damn good of a mathematician, influence on the development of his engines, such that Babbage called her the Enchantress of Numbers. She did in fact have some talent with arithmancy, but avoided using it lest she be accused of witchcraft. Today in Geek History, June 26th, 1991, Sega releases the original Sonic the Hedgehog for Genesis. This was Sega's first major hit, and it propelled the Sega Genesis to heights that the Sega Exodus and Sega Leviticus had never dreamed of. Today in Geek History, June 27, 1972, Nolan Bushnell founds Atari, the company that would define video games in the 70s and early 80s. With the Atari 2600 game console and a succession of hit games, Atari was on top of the world until the video game crash of 1983. The widespread story of millions of E.T. the extraterrestrial cartridges going into a landfill is not true, however. Designer Howard Scott Warshaw used them to build himself a palace in Southern California, where he rules over the local retro gaming scene with an iron fist. Today in Geek History, June 28, 1979. Happy birthday, Felicia Day! Following a prominent role in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Day went on to star in several web series, most notably The Guild. The World Nerd Council has considered granting her the title of Internet Princess, but the Council's artificers are still trying to agree on a suitable design for her tiara. Today in Geek History 
June 29, 2007. Apple launches the hotly anticipated iPhone, a sleek hybrid of iPod and cell phone. While it is currently one of the most ubiquitous models of cell phones, at launch it did not support apps, had only 4GB of storage, and could only be recharged using special iPower wall sockets. Today in Geek History, June 30th, 1997. The first of the Harry Potter books, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, hits bookstores to widespread acclaim. The book concerns a boy who, after years of blatant child abuse at the hands of his aunt and uncle, discovers that he is actually a wizard. Despite all the mistreatment he received, he only temporarily turns his adoptive family into frogs, and does not let his mighty grudge against all muggles lead him to slaughter them wholesale in the manner of some of his predecessors. Okay, assuming I didn't totally screw everything up, that was January through June of Today in Geek History. Uh, if you want to hear more, if you want to get caught up on the additional stuff that's come out since June, you can go to geekhistory.tumblr.com. Uh, it's going to keep updating every single day through the end of the year. And I'm also going to be posting a few extra uh, bits and pieces here and there from other parts of the book. Uh, that's all for now. I hope to be heard by you again soon.